Welcome back to Idgits and Ass Butts. My name's Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 12, called Night Shifter. We open on a news report in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, showing a lot of police activity happening outside a bank. The reporter says um, there was a short exchange of gunfire, and now police and SWAT are maintaining their positions outside and around the bank. This is the third hour of the standoff. Authorities estimate there are as many as 10 hostages. The reporter is interrupted by some activity at the entrance to the bank. An old man exits and heads for an ambulance while Dean Winchester holds a gun on him. Of course. (laughs) I know. It's always Dean Winchester. I know, right? Why is he always the one that gets in trouble? I know. It's never (laughs) Sammy. No. I don't know. Mm -mm. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, Sammy's a little jealous about that, so. (laughs) Oh, that's right. He's a fine, upstanding citizen. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we get our opening title sequence, and then we cut to one day ago. Dean is talking with a young jewelry store employee. She asks him what it's like being an FBI guy. He says, well, it's dangerous, and the secrets we got to keep. Oh, (laughs) countless secrets. But mostly, it's lonely. Ah. She says, I so know what you mean. (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) Then we cut to Sam talking to the the jewelry store manager. He tells Sam that Helena, who was their head buyer, came back to the store after closing and cleaned out all the display cases and the safe. Edgar, the night watchman, caught her in the act, so she took his gun and shot him in the face. (laughs) And we cut back to Dean and Franny, um, who says that Helena then went home and dropped her hairdryer in the bath and killed herself. That's a crazy way to kill yourself. I know. Is it, is it like, electrocuting? I mean, do you I feel th- like... I don't do know. Do you think that's, like, a short... Probably not. Yeah. And, like, if you were to do that, there's... I mean, I guess it would, like, depend on the hair dryer, too, as to, like, if it's got enough voltage going through it. If exactly. it just would fry your insides and, like, scramble you a bit, or, like... Right. There's no, like, actually, guarantee... Like, yeah, I don't know. That death is imminent. <laughs> I mean, like, no. I mean, it's got the, like, death can occur tag on it or True. whatever. But, like, just because it can doesn't mean that it will. Yeah, Like, I a lot know. of medications say that death can occur, but it usually doesn't. Right, you know? right. <laughs> I wonder how my hairdryer would do. <laughs> I have, like, a $20 Target one. I don't think it would do very um, well. Same. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. I think it would be kind of pathetic. <laughs> it would be, like, bzz. Ow. (laughs) That stung a little. Yes, yes. Okay. So Dean thanks her and says that that's all he needs. She says, really? I mean, because I've got more. You know, if you wanted to interview me sometime in private. (laughs) Dean says, yeah, I think that's a good idea. He does think it's a good idea. (laughs) You're a true patriot. You really are. Why don't you write down your number for me? Uh, Patriot, that's what it is. Okay, (laughs) even if I was getting interviewed by, like, the FBI, and I thought the guy was smoking hot, and I was single, and blah, 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 the situation was right, I don't think I'd have enough balls to do something like that. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm, Nope. I would... I would literally be just nervous pooping. I like, know, right? <laughs> First of all, I'd be nervous pooping because I was talking to an FBI agent about something and exactly. I'd like have the like, I'm guilty. I didn't do anything, but I'm guilty. Yeah. Like, that's I don't I don't like getting in trouble. Or like asking it's like, oh, do you know what happened with this? It's like, I didn't do it, I swear. You yeah. Know? Like, please don't look at me like that. <laughs> this one time? I don't know anything. <laughs> 
this one oh, time. No. <laughs> no, 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 this is okay. Don't be afraid. Did <laughs> you bury your face in your blanket? <laughs> it's cold. Oh, yes, it is. Um, I was, one of my friends is in the military, and he was trying to, I think I might be telling this totally wrong, but this is my understanding because it was all very vague, um, was going into, like, intelligence or, like, intelligence school or something. And it's I don't know, really, because I'm not supposed to know, right? Yeah. Okay, but, nice. like, someone from the government had to come interview me about him. Ah! And I used to work with him. Yeah. And we were, like, really good friends. Mm-hmm. So, like, so... It's like, what are you trying to make me say? Well, (laughs) so this guy, he came into my work and he showed me a badge, but it just said United States government Mm -hmm. on it. It didn't say like department. Like no CIA or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was all very like, (laughs) yeah, he was super nice and it went totally fine. But it was still just like. It was just, like, one of the most vaguest, like, experiences in my entire life. <laughs> like, that made me uncomfortable. It was weird in that way. I mean, he was really nice, so yeah. it was fine, but... It's like, give me some sort of, like, reason for any of this. You know? I was so nervous, too. Like, I was trying to remember, like, when somebody, you know, somebody asks you a question, you're trying to remember the answer. Like, you look in one direction if you're trying to remember, and you look in another direction if you're lying. Yeah. And so I was just like, I am going to look straight at your face. <laughs> For this whole thing. I know. So, I, yeah. Every time anybody's like, oh, I can tell if you're lying. I'm like, which direction should I not be? Because I just look around in random directions all the time. And I don't, yeah. like, it doesn't mean anything. I'm yeah. just, like, a wanderer, you know? Like, yeah. When I talk, I just kind of I like anxiety sometimes. don't look in people's eyes very often. Like, I yeah. can look at you in the eyes while we're talking, and that's yeah. fine. But you'll notice a lot. I'm just like, I just, like, <laughs> my eyes just drift away, and I keep on talking. I do the same thing, yeah. though. Like, okay. I, there's a lot of times, like, when I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I'll, like, stare off. I usually stare off to the right. Yeah. I've noticed. I think I'm a and left I'm just starer. Kind of like, <laughs> I'm a right starer. <laughs> but I, like, stare off and I'm like okay and I'm talking like looking in another direction and they're probably like are you on the spectrum like what's going well, like, on you yeah. you know? like I'm just like I don't know <laughs> oh when I worked for Barnes and Noble there was the my district manager who hated me okay this <sighs> lady hated me <sighs> <sighs> okay <laughs> that's a whole other story <laughs> but okay um she made me really nervous because she hated me. And she's one of those people where she she's really catty, really mm-hmm. gossipy. Yeah. You know, she's supposed to be the person that you could go to if you had a problem with anybody. But if you'd ever said anything, she would go right to that person and be like, this person said this about you. Yeah. You know, she just didn't handle anything well. Yeah. Uh, I've met people like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would be really nervous when I talked to her. And I'm trying to pretend I'm not nervous. But like if I, my eyes started to drift away, she would jump into my eyesight. She would physically jump <laughs> and be like, <laughs> like a fucking bitch. Yeah. It's like, that's it's like, not awkward at like, all. This is me trying to get away, not me asking you to follow me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like one of the worst parts of working there. And it was just, and it was because she hated me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it was, uh, some people just hate everybody, though. Like, yeah. here's the thing. Some people are just unhappy people, and no matter what you do, they're going to hate you there was because just, they hate everybody. Yeah. There was a situation that happened my first year of working for the company that I was involved in. Like, I didn't do anything wrong, but I, like, witnessed some things happening. Oh, yeah. And the person who got in trouble was, like, this this woman, the district manager's, like, close personal friend. 
<laughs> cat's spazzing. Cat's freaking out. She's chasing her tail around in circles yeah. every second. I mean, cats do that. It's cool. She's kind of up on the box She's a little like, bit. She's like break dancing on the ground. <laughs> okay, so like the person that got in trouble was her close personal friend. And since I witnessed it, I was like kind of a witness against him. Mm-hmm. Even though he was my personal friend too. Yeah. And so she just kind of like hated me after that point because she had to fire him. Oh. And it was my fault. It wasn't my fault. It was yeah. not even like halfway my fault. I yeah. just like witnessed it. But like yeah. since that moment, she hated me. So like you ha- ratted him out. Like they would have found out. Like you forced me to yeah. rat him out. Yeah. Like, like what did you want me to do? Yeah, like, all this of, is some sort of test. Like, all of it was just awful. And then it was just never cool after that. You know. Yeah. So anyway, I totally forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> Urgh, anger. Shifty eyeballs. Yes. Lying. Okay. All right. So we cut back to Sam asking about the security camera footage. The manager says that the police took them and he never got a chance to see them. So we cut to Sam and Dean pulling up outside someone's house. Um, uh, as they get out of the car. <laughs> that does not spell those words, but that's fine. As they get out of the car, Dean says, freaking cops. <laughs> Sam says, they were just doing their job. Dean says, no, they were doing our job, only they don't know it, so they suck at it. <laughs> Talk to me about this bank. Sam says, Milwaukee National Trust. It was hit about a month ago. Same MO as the jewelry store. Inside job, longtime employee. Dude robs the bank, then goes home and supposedly commits suicide. Dean says, this guy Resnick was the security guard on duty. Sam says, yeah, he was actually beaten unconscious by the teller who heisted the place. So they knock on the door of Ronald Resnick's house. He comes to the door. They say they're FBI, and he demands to see their IDs. They show him, and he says that he already told the police everything. He's, like, super shifty, too. Like, yeah, like, total. You see your ID, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I should have said that to that military guy. Well, or that U.S. government official. Can I see your ID, please? <laughs> Can I see one that says anything other than U.S. government? <laughs> like literally no other words on it. Yeah. It was so weird. That's weird. It was weird. Maybe it was like top of the top of the top. I mean, it was strange. Like what? So what would be, I mean, CIA and FBI are just like different branches of kind of, but they're like both about the same level of like security, right? Yeah. Yeah. FBI is like domestic. Yeah. Yeah. And CIA is like international. Yeah. Yeah. And then NSA, would that be above or below those? I just have no idea where they like. National Security Agency, I think is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. My only information about these are about... (laughs) Is TV and movies, yeah. which is not accurate. No, not so, so I just, I don't know at all. But, like, nobody ever talks about the NSA. It's always the FBI or the CIA. Yeah. Like, is the NSA, like, the... Or what about Homeland Security? Is that... I wonder if that's, like... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know any of it. I feel like I should know these things. I'm afraid to Google it, because then what if I get on some list? <laughs> I mean, let's be real. We're probably already on the list. <laughs> probably. The research that we have to do for this podcast. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Murders in this city. The yeah, hauntings in this city. Right. We <laughs> What's be- some, let's look up this serial killer. <laughs> like, we better be on some lists or I'll be disappointed. I don't want to be on a list. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't like getting in trouble or even perceived trouble. <laughs> right. I don't either. <laughs> it makes me nervous. <laughs> Uh, anyways okay 
So Dean tells him that they need some clarification on some things in his statement. And Ronald's like, you read it? Come to listen to what I got to say? So he lets them in. Sassy. I know. He is sassy. He come, they come in and um, he says, see, none of the cops ever called me back. Not after I told them what was really going on. They all thought I was crazy. First off, Juan Morales never robbed the Milwaukee National Trust. Okay, that I guarantee. See, me and Juan, we were friends. He used to come back to the bank on my night shifts and we'd play cards. As he's talking, we see on his walls a bunch of articles taped up with some illustrations indicating that he's a paranoid fucking dude. <laughs> really? No kidding, though. I'm just, I was surprised there was no string, you know, like, Oh, yeah, it looked connected, like, you know? right, like, yeah, just paranoid conspiracy theory dude, yeah. like, totally into it. Yeah. Sometimes I think I'm like four cups of coffee away from that state. You know what I mean? Like that could be me sometimes. I just can't think about it sometimes. You know, like there's a few things that I cannot let myself think about. Space mm-hmm. is one of them. Space kind of freaks me Space out. Space like, freaks me out so hard. Like, oh my God. I can't. Like if somebody was like, oh, you should go up in a rocket ship, I'd be like, the hell you say? There's like, no way I could. I don't think so. No you know, like, way. Mostly because I'm like, this is like, I couldn't watch Gravity because I, I didn't. just from the, commer- or from the commercials, from the previews for it, it was like a, she gets flung through space and dies sort of thing. And yeah. I'm like, that would be nightmares for weeks for me. Yeah. Like, it's not like scary, like creepy scary. It's like a, oh no, <laughs> like this is yeah. going to happen. See, I feel the same way about the ocean. See, the ocean doesn't creep me out that much. Like, would I want to go swimming, like, way out in the ocean? No. But if I go out, like, a little ways, I'd probably be okay. Like, where you would need to go for surfing, I'd probably be okay f- with that. I'm not. I haven't tried it yet, though, so who knows? I might get oh, out there and be like, have? I need to go back! Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's none of that for me. I don't feel that way about lakes and pools. Yeah, no, lakes and pools are <clears throat> completely whatever. But I feel yeah. that way about the ocean, for sure. Yeah. Ugh. I don't, yeah. I haven't been, I mean, I've been out in the ocean like on cruise ships and whatnot Mm -hmm. but like you know whatever I don't even want to do that yeah that's how much it freaks me out see that I wouldn't be freaked out about but also because where I've gone has been warm like the water's been warm so it's not like a titanic sort of situation where you get in the water and you freeze like you could probably as long as you know you've got some sort of something to float like Mm -hmm. you'd probably be okay for a while or at Mm -hmm. least long enough for somebody to find you I mean because they're gonna know Mm -hmm. but um yeah no one of the things I can't think about Matt Rainier can't do it like I can't even make my mind go there because if that goes we're all dead you know (laughs) like that's like instant anxiety for me for a few days like if I think about it too much yeah I'm like Okay. What if it happens? If Mount Rainier explodes, we're supposed to get that huge earthquake that we're we've supposed to have been having for the last like ten years, like that we're due for the big, you know. Well, they say that, but they also say that Mount Rainier's due to blow any minute now, and it's well, like, we'll what? have we'll we'll have no like notice yeah. if Mount Rainier goes. We'll but what we won't have notice for is a big earthquake. So yeah. if we have the big earthquake first, that is supposed to trigger the mountain exploding. Yeah. So it would just be all kinds of that. That fucks me up. Yeah, I can't like I can't even go there. Yeah, or else I just like panic. <laughs> like you can't go there in your mind, or you can't go to physically Mount Rainier. No, I can go to Mount Rainier. Okay, but no, the few times that I have been to Mount Rainier since I heard about the whole like this is how far it's gonna go. You yeah, know? like right. The Lahar. I'm there, and I'm like. I could die right now. You know? Yeah, like, I think it's pretty, and I love being there. But I'm kind of like, ah, same thing with Mount St. Helens. Yeah, like you go there, and it's just kind of like in the back of my mind, it's just kind of like a hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like it. Space is definitely the worst for me. 
Space? I was able to watch, like, Battlestar Galactica, and there, I mean, people die, like, people just get, like, shot out of the spaceship into space, and that was hard to watch, but I was able to do that, but, like, it's, it's, it's no. Yeah, I don't, I never really watched, like, Star Trek or any of that sort of stuff. I'm going to make you watch Battlestar. You'll love it, I promise. Okay. You know those episodes (laughs) of Supernatural where, um they end on just like a really sad depressing note yeah and you're just like how can it get any worse that's every episode of Battlestar <laughs> it's great it just, it just makes you feel so bad <laughs> it's such a good show <laughs> you'll like it okay and there's a lot of religion in it yeah yeah I think yeah there's just some things that I just like can't handle space is one of them yeah Not Rainier <laughs> Yeah, there's a list of things, but like, I feel like there's more than that. But like, if I start thinking about all these things, I'm going to be in a ball pretty soon. Yeah, so no, I, I get it. <laughs> Mount Rainier and its inevitable explosion is always lurking in the back of my mind. Oh, yeah. Like, like I hate, like, I work in the valley now, yeah. you know, in Tukwila. Yeah. And I'm always just like. I think my sense of geography is so poor that like, I don't even know, like, if, like, where I live now, like, would that even hit? No, it like, wouldn't. It wouldn't. No, how it would go on the, like, Ording. Yeah. And then down into Puyallup. Yeah. Down into Auburn. Yeah. Downtown Kent. Yeah. Tukwila. Yeah. And it would go out into the Sound um, right there in, like, the, in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> the Lahar, like, the, yeah. the mud flow and ice yeah. flow. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just what, The ash would be everywhere. The but... ash would be everywhere, but the Lahar is what would yeah. cause the most damage. What would I do with my pony if he if it blew? I think you're no no no. The I, ash. I, I think you're safe here. From the ash? Well, the ash isn't gonna kill anybody. I mean, we were getting ash from the California wildfires. Up well, here. when St. Helens blew, there was ash everywhere here. Yeah. You know, people who have breathing problems sure are gonna have some problems. But, yeah. But it's you know yeah. he he need to be in a covered area. Yeah. Well. There's, I mean, there's not really a covered area. I mean, in the barn, sure, but like mm-hmm. it's still there's open airways everywhere. It could get in easy. Yeah. But, anyways, can't think about it. Let's move on. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, but how lucky are we? We don't live with like where there's hurricanes or tornadoes. And I know, stuff. right? Like, if I'm that's the only really thing grateful. that we've got going on is like a mountain may or may not explode in the next five hundred years, like and, and horrible earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But that just got really dark. <laughs> really did. <dead. laughs> Sorry. And we digress a little. Dark like space. Okay. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, <laughs> Sam says, you let him into the bank that night after hours. Ronald says, the thing I let into the bank wasn't one. I mean, it had his face, but it wasn't his face. Every detail was perfect, but too perfect, you know? Like if a doll maker made it. Like I was talking to a big one doll. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just something about that just doesn't sound right. I know. I like it a lot. Look, this wasn't the only time this happened. There was a jewelry store, too, and the cops and you guys, you just won't see it. Both crimes were pulled by the same thing. Sam says, and what's that, Mr. Resnick? (laughs) Ronald holds up a magazine that says, Birth of the Cybermen. (laughs) Okay. Cybermen. So this is like from Doctor Who. Cybermen is from Doctor Who. And it is my very favorite and most scary Doctor Who monster, I think. Because most of the monsters in Doctor Who are like aliens. Mm -hmm. But but the Cybermen are actually man-made. Yeah. And um, 
they're they're literal people who have been upgraded into machines. Yeah. So they're they're still people, but um, they they take away all of your emotions so that because they think that you'll be perfected that way. Hmm. So they be, and they so then they look like machines and they walk yeah. around and they say you will be upgraded. <laughs> you know, and, and that's all they want to do. It's like all they want to do is procreate. They just want to make the human race better and turn them into these things. And they're yeah. terrifying because they literally rip like body pieces out of you it's so gross it's like it's a very bloody process yeah and it just like they just like take away all your emotions and it just is terrifying because it's just it's just people it can happen to you you can turn into one of these yeah and that scares me yeah i love the cybermen (laughs) as far as like a scary villain they're they're up there yeah you know (laughs) and all they want to do and like just one cyberman will like destroy a civilization Jeez. It just takes one. Yeah. You know? Good grief. I know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I love me some Doctor Who. <laughs> so, okay. So he holds up a magazine that says Birth of the Cybermen. He says, Chinese been working on it for years and the Russians before that. Part man, part machine, like the Terminator, but the kind that can change itself, make itself look like other people. Dean says, like the one from T2? <laughs> Ronald says, exactly. That's Terminator 2. Have you ever seen those? No. Okay. I, um, I, Arnold, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll be back. That whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that, but I don't, I have never seen it. I've seen the first two, but God, I was so young. I don't even really remember them. Also, it it was one. Okay. So I have a problem watching like movies and shows that have animals in it just because I'm always so worried about the animal. Yeah. This also extends to like sad robots and sympathetic aliens. (laughs) Yeah. So like. (laughs) Sympathetic aliens. (laughs) Yeah. So like. So you would think I would have a problem with Doctor Who. And yes, I cry in almost every episode. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, but I think um, the Terminator movies had that that whole sympathetic robot thing going. So no. it kind of upset me. <laughs> you got you know about the the um, the website is called Does the Dog Die? Oh yeah, you told me about it, and yeah. I use it all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> like before I watch it'll anything say, new. Like this is you know it'll. I, I don't know if it like gives away the movie so much as it's just like no, but it tells you exactly what happens with the animal. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a dog. Like it'll yeah. be like cat or whatever yeah, any animal. animal. Yeah, yeah. I love this website. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I was like, I think I've told you about this, but I don't remember. You told me, and I immediately started using it. Yeah, <laughs> it's useful. Yeah. So Ronald says exactly. See, so not just a robot, more of a mandroid. <laughs> Sam is looking very skeptical. Dean asks Ronald why he's so sure about all of this. Ronald says that he made copies of all the security tapes and he plays one for them. In it, they see Juan with silver white eyes. Ronald says, see, he's got the laser eyes. (laughs) Cops said it was some kind of reflected light, some kind of camera flare. They say I'm a post-trauma case. So what? (laughs) Bank goes and fires me. It don't matter. The mandroid is still out there. And if the law won't hunt this thing down, I'll do it myself. You see this thing? It kills the real person, makes it look like a suicide. Then it sort of like morphs into that person, cases the job for a while till it knows the take is fat, and then it finds its opening. Now these robberies, they're grouped together, so I figure the mandroid is holed up somewhere in the middle. Underground, maybe. Maybe that's where it recharges its mandroid batteries. (laughs) Mandroid. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Sam says, okay, I want you to listen very carefully, because I'm about to tell you God's honest truth about all this. There's no such thing as mandroids. There's nothing evil or inhuman going on out there. It's just people. Nothing else, you understand? Dean looks, like, really surprised that Sam 
took this route. Like he thought he was gonna like lay down the okay, supernatural truth. Here's what it really yeah. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dean looks surprised, and Ron looks crushed. I which, know. He's just like, I thought you believed me. Yeah, that was sad to see. Ron says, "But the laser eyes." <laughs> Sam says, just a camera flare. I know you don't want to believe this, but your friend Juan robbed the bank, and that's it. Ron yells at them to get out of his house. I mean, he went a little psycho there. Yeah. No lie. Oh, yeah, he did. (laughs) So we cut to Sam and Dean in their motel room. Dean is giving Sam shit for confiscating the tapes he copied. I know. Like, he's like, you're nuts. By the way, let me take those. I know. (laughs) Yes, I didn't like seeing seeing Sam so rude. Yeah. You know? It was kind of like completely out of left field like it didn't make any sense really mm-hmm. you know? i mean i think that he's just doing it to protect ron because ron's like i'm gonna go hunt this thing yeah and so sam tried to like he's like no yeah no, you're not. yeah because because he'd get hurt yeah you know so uh sam says what are you pissed at me or something dean says no i just think it's a little creepy how good of a fed you are <laughs> come on we could have at least thrown the guy a bone he did some pretty good legwork Sam says, Mandroid? <laughs> Dean says, except for the Mandroid part. I like him. He's not that different from you and me. People think we're crazy. Sam says, except he's not a hunter. He's just a guy who stumbled onto something real. If he were to go up against this thing, he'd get torn apart. Better to stay in the dark and stay alive. So Sam is watching the copied tape again and says, Shapeshifter. Just like St. Louis. Same retinal reaction to video. Dean says, I hate these freaking things. <laughs> Dean's got some maps of the area and says that the robberies are connected through the sewer main layout. There's one more bank lined up on that same sewer main. So we cut to the city bank of Milwaukee. Sam and Dean are, um, I don't know what this says. Oh, okay. Sam and Dean are in service serve, guard service uniforms. That's why, because it's not a real freaking word. <laughs> Secure serve. There we go. <laughs> Um, a, cop lets, a cop lets them into the surveillance room, which is full of video monitors. They hole up and start watching the video feed for laser eyes. <laughs> One of the bank employees totally laser eyes out. <laughs> but just before they go out to confront him, they see Ronald inside the bank chaining the doors closed. Uh-oh. Ron fires a gun at the ceiling and yells, this is not a robbery. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is not a robbery. Everybody on the floor now. <laughs> Ron gets everyone on the floor and Sam and Dean come out to talk to him. Dean says, let me do the talking. I don't think he likes you very much. <laughs> to Ron, Dean says, hey, buddy, why don't you just calm down? Ron says, what? You? Just get on the floor now. <laughs> Dean says, okay, we're doing that. Just don't shoot anybody, especially us. Ron says, I We are your only help here. Yeah. Ron says, I knew it. As soon as you two left, you ain't FBI. Who are you? Who are you working for, huh? The men in black? <laughs> you working for the mandroid? <laughs> Sam says, we're not working for the mandroid. Ron says, you, shut up. I ain't talking to you. I don't like you. (laughs) I don't like you. Go away. Ron has one of the hostages frisk the boys for weapons, and he finds a shapeshifter killing knife in Dean's boot. Ron gets rid of it. Dean says, we know you don't want to hurt anybody, but that's exactly what's going to happen if you keep waving that cannon around. Now, why don't you let these people go? Ron says, no, I already told you. If no one's going to stop this thing, then I've got to do it myself. Dean says, hey, we believe you. That's why we're here. Ron says, you don't believe me. Nobody believes me. How could they? Dean convinces Ron to come over to them, and he whispers that it's the bank manager. Ron's like, what? And Dean explains that they're wearing these uniforms so they can monitor the cameras, and they saw the bank manager's laser eyes. 
Dean manages to get through to Ron that they believe him and that there's something in the bank. So they need to act fast before it changes into somebody else. Ron makes everyone except for Dean go into the vault. A woman says to Sam, who is that man? (laughs) Sam says, he's my brother. And the woman says, he is so brave. Another (laughs) Dean fangirl. I know. (laughs) Dean and Ron are searching the bank for the manager when Ron slips and falls down on a pile of skin and goo. Oh, it's so gross. I would probably like at least throw up in my mouth a little bit if I, not just like projectile vomit everywhere. It would just everywhere. be like on you. It'd be like mm-hmm. on your clothes. And like slimy and nasty. Just, nope. <laughs> yeah. So Dean explains that when it changes from when it changes form it sheds its old skin. So now it could be anybody. Ron says it's robot skin is so lifelike. Dean mm-hmm. says okay let's get something straight. It's not a mandroid. It's mm-hmm. a shapeshifter. It's human more or less. It has human drive and in this case it's money. But it generates its own skin, and it can shape it to match someone else's features. Ron says, so it kills someone, and then it takes their place. Dean says, kills them or doesn't kill them? Um, sorry, my notes are weird here. So he finds, <laughs> he finds a silver letter opener and says um, that he doesn't think it matters if they kill him or not. So remember the old werewolf stories? Pretty much um, came from these guys. Silver's the only thing I've seen that hurts them. So we cut outside. We see the SWAT team and news vans are arriving. In the command center, they decide to cut the power. Inside with Dean and Ron, Ron is looking really happy. <laughs> he's Dean's, like, Whoa, Yeah, he's like smiling. Adventure. He's practically skipping. <laughs> Dean says, what are you, nuts? Ron says, that's just it. I'm not nuts. <laughs> I mean, I was so scared that I was losing my marbles, but this is real. I was right, except for the Mandroid thing. <laughs> and then the power goes out. Ron seems surprised, but Dean says it's the cops. They probably have the place surrounded. There's no power going to the cameras, so there's no way to check for laser eyes. Mm. He's, like, way too into this, by the way. (laughs) I know, he is. Woo! Yeah, I love it. Inside the vault, the woman asks Sam, has your brother always been so wonderful? (laughs) I mean, staring down that gun, the way he played right into that psycho's crazy head, telling him what he wanted to hear. I mean, he's like a real hero or something. (laughs) Sam is not amused. He's like, yeah, hero, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> then Dean opens the vault door, and she's like, oh, my God, he saved us. But mm-hmm. Dean's like, nope, I found a few more people. <laughs> and ushers in some more folks. Then he lets Sam out. So let's see. Sam is super pissed about how everything is going down. Sam is just, like, pissed in general for this whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, like, <laughs> too irked by He's everything. just, he's so over everyone's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Is this what my life is now? Yeah. Come on, people. Right. Like, conspiracy theories? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Mandroids, really. <laughs> so, but Dean reminds him that if the cops come inside, then the three of them will get arrested and the shifter will go free. The cops call the bank and Ron starts talking to them, saying he has no demands and that he's not a bank robber. And Sam keeps trying to get him off the phone. Then an older security guard inside the vault starts having a heart attack. Sam says, great. It could be a trick. This could be our guy. Sam calls the negotiator back and tells them that they need to send in a paramedic. So we cut to Dean looking for the shifter around the bank. He notices a ceiling tile is askew and pokes at it with a coat rack Mm. and a dead body falls to the ground. (laughs) I will never be able to look at a dislodged ceiling tile again the same way. I know. Every time I see one, it's going to be off. I'm going to be like, oh, dead body, dead body, shapeshifter, laser eyes. (laughs) Oh, no. I know. This is it. This is really it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So it's the body of one of the guys who is in the vault. The vault. I've been saying that word weird. 
So Very Sam and good. Ron start walking the security guard to the entrance of the bank. Then uh, the shifter makes a run for it. So Ron chases after him, and a sniper shoots him through the heart. Which is sad. He I stood in the light. They told him not to stand in the light. Yeah, he's I love this it. actor. He's in. He's been in a lot of things. But what I really loved him in was the show Eureka, which is in. which is a show you have to watch. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's kind of family friendly. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like a real feel good. Like I cry so much watching the show. It's so good. I mean, it's not like Hallmark cry. Yeah, but. Oh, you'll love it. I promise. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Dean t- takes Ron's gun and says, sorry, Ron, you did a real good job tracking this thing. You really did. Dean walks the security guard to the entrance of the bank, and it's a scene from the beginning of the episode. Um, inside the police, like makeshift headquarters, a cop tells the negotiator that one of the hostages seems to have taken over the situation. So meanwhile, Sam has found a pile of skin goo, so the shifter could be anyone now. Outside the bank, the FBI has arrived. We meet Special Agent Special Agent Hendrickson. I don't like him. I don't like him in this episode. He says he needs yeah. yeah he says he needs a SWAT team locked and loaded because there's a monster inside the bank. We cut to Dean leading the rest of the hostages back into the vault because they got out when the shifter made a run for it. The girl who was hero worshiping Dean says, "I thought you were one of the good guys." Dean asks her her name, and she says, "Why would you care?" He says, my name's Dean. She tells him her name is Sherry, and he tells her that everything's going to be okay and that it'll all be over soon. Then he locks the vault door. The phone rings, and it's Agent Hendrickson. Dean says, I'm not really in a negotiating mood. Hendrickson says, good, me neither. It's my job to bring you in. Alive's a bonus, but not necessary. Mm. Dean says, whoa, that's harsh from a federal agent, don't you think? Mm. Hendrickson says, well, you're not the typical suspect, are you, Dean? I want you and Sam out here unarmed or we're coming in. Yes, I know about Sam. Bonnie cheer Clyde. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, well, that part's true. But how'd you even know we were here? <laughs> Hendrickson says, go screw yourself. That's how I knew. <laughs> it's become my job to know about you, Dean. I've been looking for you for weeks now. I know about the murder in St. Louis, the Houdini you pulled in Baltimore. I know about the desecrations and the thefts. I know about your dad. Dean says, you don't know crap about my dad. Don't you talk about my father. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You don't know about my daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Hendrickson says, ex-Marine, raises kids on the road, cheap motels, backwood cabins, real paramilitary survivalist type. I just can't get a handle on what type of wacko he was. White supremacist, Timmy McVeigh, tomato, tomato. Ah, I meant to look this up, but I didn't. Who is Timmy McVeigh? I don't know. Google it. I can look right now. I need to know. How do you spell it? Um, Timmy, and then McVeigh is M-C-V-E-I-G-H. Timmy McVeigh. American domestic terrorist who perpetrated the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing, which killed 168 people and injured over 680 others. Holy crap. So, yeah. Somebody who did a lot of bad things. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, Dean says, you got no right talking about my dad like that. He was a hero. Hendrickson says, yeah, right, sure sounds like it. You have one hour to make a decision or we come through those doors full automatic. Then he hangs up. Hendrickson tells his men, five minutes, then we go in. The other cops are like, what? But he says, you don't know these Winchesters. They're dangerous, smart, and expertly trained. The negotiator says that they can't risk the lives of all those people. But Hendrickson says, trust me, Dean's a greater risk to them than we are. The negotiator says, this is crazy. But Hendrickson says, crazy's in there, and I just hung up on it. (laughs) 
I mean, that's kind of a good line, you gotta say. I kind of, I mean, I like this guy. I don't like that he's trying to get Sam and Dean, but I like his ass. Yeah. I think I don't like, because he's just, like, too stuck up, you know? Yeah. That's what I don't like I kind of want him to, like, back up off my Sam and Dean Kool-Aid, you know what I mean? And off of the other cops, like, they're just doing their job. Don't go in there and be like, ha, ha, ha. I mean, they're like, oh, let me guess, you're taking over, blah, 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 and he's like, darn right I am, you know? Yeah. like, oh, come on. I don't like that. You're right. (laughs) So inside the bank, Sam finds some blood that leads him to the dead body of the girl, Sherry. He tells Dean, and then they open the vault and tell shapeshifter Sherry... Sherry Shifter, you might say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, That they're going to let her go as a sign of good faith to the feds. So they bring her to see the dead body, uh, her own dead body. And she freaks out and starts screaming. And then she passes out. Just on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I probably would, too. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I think if I saw, I don't know. To me, if I saw... A dead body in general, I would probably freak out. If I saw my dead body, I'd probably be like, what trick are you playing? You yeah. Know, like, I don't know. What I the mean, heck? who even knows how they'd react? I don't know. I yeah. fear that my first reaction would be to poop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just not going to help anybody in that situation. <laughs> no. God. <laughs> okay. So so she's passed out. So then they have two bodies on the floor that look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Dean goes to stab passed out Sherry. But Sam says, wait, what's the advantage of this plan? I mean, fainting now wouldn't help it survive. Then they hear a crashing sound. And when they're distracted, dead Sherry opens her eyes and starts strangling Dean. I mean, that is a good trick playing the dead version of... You know, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So, passed out Sherry wakes up and continues to freak out, so Sam gets her out of the room while Dean fights Shifter Sherry. And she got him right in the family jewels. <laughs> oh, she did. It was a good shot, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the crashing sound was the SWAT team entering the bank. Two of them find Sam, and they fight, but Sam knocks them both out. Dean and Sherry Shifter keep fighting, and Dean finally kills her. So we cut to a police officer telling Agent Hendrickson, Sir, my team said it's secure. They're gone. Hendrickson is pissed. He tells the cops to tear the whole place apart, and the cop says that that won't be necessary. Then he leads him to two unconscious and mostly naked tied-up SWAT dudes. (laughs) Them and their skivvies. (laughs) Yeah. So we cut to Sam and Dean in full SWAT gear running through a parking garage. They get inside Baby, and Dean says, We are so screwed. Mm -hmm. Then they drive away and credits. Okay, my thoughts. Yes. (laughs) So, I don't, I've been trying to, I've been thinking about this. So, Dean is always the one out of the two brothers to get caught, right? Like, do you think that's on purpose? Like, is he putting himself in that situation so Sammy doesn't get caught? Or is he just that unlucky? (laughs) And he's always the one that he's just like, ah, crap, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the times that he's been the one in trouble... Like in the in the pilot episode, mm-hmm. right? He the cops see him, and so he warns Sam to get away. So that was yeah. him keeping Sam out of harm's way. Mm-hmm. The time that he, I think, when they're in St. Louis with the first shapeshifter, mm-hmm. I think he only got caught because the shifter decided to turn into Dean, yeah. instead of Sam. So it Just could have been either of them, dumb luck, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, or not, <laughs> right? And then oh, I can't remember. There was another time, but I don't remember what it was. The one with the police officer who went all rogue and was the, the, um, oh, and the lady. From The Exorcist, that one? Yeah. I 
don't remember how he got caught. I don't remember either. Uh, anyway, so I, I think it's just bad luck. Yeah. But I think, given a choice, he would rather it be him than Sam. Yeah. You know. Because he's like, I've already got a record, whatever. What more can they do to me? Yeah. And, <laughs> like, you're and, clean And so really, far. like, anything to keep Sam safe. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. So I'm yeah. sure he wants it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You're just kind of like, dude, why? <laughs> Every time. I know. You always get caught. <laughs> why? He does. <laughs> But. I liked it, though, only because it just makes it slightly more realistic, yeah. you know, that they do get caught doing these things. I love I love that Agent Hendrickson and I guess the FBI mm-hmm. thinks that it's so fucked up that they're like doing grave desecrations and stuff. I know. It's like uh... that they think that they're just like these crazy psychos. It's like there could be worse things that they could be doing right now other than that. You yeah. Know? Like... Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Who knows what they think they're doing with the dead bodies? <laughs> I know. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gross. Maybe they just have thought about that too much and they're like, ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so also, okay, with the shapeshifter, like, you know, it's coming in from the sewers, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's not coming in directly from the sewers. Maybe it's like following somebody or whatever, like... I don't know, but, like, why wouldn't they let the shapeshifter out, go Mm -hmm. to the sewers, get themselves out of there so they don't get caught, Mm -hmm. you know, and then just go after it in the sewers because they know where it's going to be, right? Like, it's not like it's going to run that far. It's going to be in the sewer line somewhere. Yeah. But, like... I don't know. I I don't think they... I think think their plan was to figure out who it was so that... Because... Because didn't they say that they didn't bring any weapons in, but Dean just kind of like smuggled that knife in anyway. So, <laughs> like, so the plan. I don't want to come in naked. <laughs> yeah, right. So the plan wasn't to try and, you know, kill it in the bank. It was to yeah. figure out who it was through yeah. the video monitors and then yeah. follow him. Yeah. And then confront him somewhere else. Yeah. I, yeah, I never really understood if that was the, like, it didn't I make think, sense yeah, to me. I think that really. was the plan. Yeah. But then they were thwarted by Ron coming in and shooting up the place. Yeah. I mean, he's so. he was kind of the, mm-hmm. the instigator for all of that, <laughs> right. for sure. But yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like, okay, I don't know. Like, just let it... I don't... Well, but here's what I was thinking, too, specifically after Ron was shot, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, he's the bad guy, right? He was shot. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that Sam and Dean were in there until the Dean came out and was like, hey, this guy needs help or whatever. That and- happened before Ron got shot. Well, but yeah, but oh, okay. so, so so Dean was on camera, so the FBI saw him. Yeah, and then shot Ron. Yeah, but it either. But then they knew that Sammy was in there somehow. So who knows? Maybe they like they probably just guessed. Yeah, that Dean, that Sam was with him, or they saw the security footage mm-hmm. or something like that from yeah. before it got cut out. But um, yeah, it's like why make yourself into the bad guy? Like he's gone. Okay, great. Like skedaddle. Mm-hmm. The thing will skedaddle. Everybody will get out of there. They didn't like, know who it was at that point, though, I think. Well, but it doesn't matter because it's still going down to the sewer, right? So if you see somebody in a sewer, that's chances true. are it's going to be the shifter. But if I was that shifter, I would not go into the sewer at that point. Like, you know these two people are hunting you. Yeah. You know? I don't know. You get as far away as possible. Yeah. They don't know who it is. That's what I would think if I was a shifter. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I would think. But I don't know. Something it just was kind of like there could have been a different way to do this. There has to have been a different I'm way sure to do there this. Was, you know? Yeah. But I did like how they got out, just like knocking out the SWAT members and like, hey, I'm just gonna take your clothes now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty but cool. You would think that like Jared's 
suit though would be like way too short you know like i know it would be very obvious that that wasn't his clothing right right (laughs) anyways so those are my thoughts um the what are your favorite moments Oh, totally that whole interaction with Ron and Sam and Dean in Ron's house. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when he pulls up that magazine and he's like, the mandroid. (laughs) Yeah. I just love the whole mandroid thing. Yeah. 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 What was your favorite moment? Um, I liked when Dean was saying, like, they're they're doing our job, but they don't know it, so they suck at it. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like, that's kind of all of Supernatural, right? Yeah, that is true. Cops try, and they're just not being successful. Yeah. Um, And then another one was when he said that he liked the security guy in the bank, and he's like, I like him. He says, (laughs) okie-dokie. Yeah. That was cute. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, okie-dokie. Okay. Great. Okay. But, yeah, those are my favorite moments. Kind of, you know, the other one was kind of, you know, stupid. But <laughs> Still, it was it was really cute. It's funny. Um, so our interesting facts from this one. Uh, Jared has said that this episode is one of his favorite musical, or has one of his favorite musical clues in the entire series, which was Sticks Renegade. Um, he thinks it's badass the way the acapella intro starts as the boys jog away in their SWAT uniforms. Breaks as Dean says, we are so screwed. <laughs> yeah. And then crashes as they drive away. It was pretty perfect. It, w- it was pretty good. Yeah. 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 The good musical drama. Yeah. <laughs> the musical drama of yeah. It was pretty perfect. <laughs> um, this episode is very similar to the X-Files episode. Fully uh, a duh? I have no idea how to say that. I don't know. Also, I don't remember this episode, but I haven't, like, connected actual episodes to their titles in X-Files, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, It's the basic plot. So a man's holding people hostage in order to protect them from a monster. Um, And Resnick is a character's last name. Huh. So it must be. Yeah. It must be on purpose. Oh, yeah. You would think so. Yeah. I mean, they do pretty, like, tight connections with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I love um, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Charles Fort published the Fortean Times magazine um, with what most people call supernatural events, the same type of events that hunters on the show Supernatural used to track evil. Um, all the stories were actual events, unexplained and unnaturally occurring. Hmm. It's a real magazine. We carried it at Barnes & Noble. Yeah. So I've never opened it up. But yeah. now I wish I would have. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could probably find it. Yeah, I wonder if that was an actual issue of it. You know, the rise of the Cybermen. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. I mean, you would assume that they would just, like, grab a copy. If that's an actual magazine, they would just grab one. Yeah. You know, and be like, oh, here, you know. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I'll find out. <laughs> so our research for this week um, is... We were looking up Milwaukee to see what was there. Um, and the Pabst Mansion, um, we found this in MilwaukeeMag.com. Um, the, so it says, Beer Baron Frederick Pabst was one of the city's wealthiest man, man, men and spared no expense on his home, designed by prominent architects George Bowman Ferry and Alfred Charles Kloss. Kloss? Hmm. Go with it. Um... C-L-A-S. Klaus? Klaus? I'd I think, say Klaus. I, wait, how does it say? it's not class. It's class minus one S. C-L-A-S. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I got <Names>. nothing. Ugh. <laughs> 
Sophisticated woodwork flows throughout, framing the ornately embossed fabrics adorning the walls. A massive chandelier made of wrought iron and elk antlers greets visitors in the reception hall, and when the family settled into the mansion in 1892, it boasted nine fully plumbed bathrooms as well as electrical and heating systems. Yeah, not bad for 1892. Yeah. Um, the Paps had... A little had little time to enjoy it. Captain Pabst, I, I don't know, Pabst, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I think so. Um, died in 1904 and the missus in 1906. It was in danger of becoming a parking lot when a nonprofit now known as the Captain Frederick Pabst Mansion Incorporated Inc. bought it in 1978. I am struggling right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I can do it. You're fine. You know what? I wasn't even listening to anything you just said because I just remembered my Ojit Nasma moment. So I don't even know what's happening. But, the, but we're talking about the mansion. Okay. And this is the Paps like beer maker, you said, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep going. I'm uh, sorry. No, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> Don Horrigan, its executive director, says reports of inexplicable 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 phenomena began (laughs) shortly after her group acquired the home as the story spread intrigued reps of the sci-fi network's hit series ghost hunters contacted horgan to ask questions many of the paps ghost stories were collected by marilyn boinsky that's quite the name (laughs) who volunteered at the mansion from 1981 until her death in 2009 Boinsky? You know what I can't stop thinking about? What? Guido Fister. <laughs> okay, when we were when we were looking for something to research, we were looking at <laughs> We were looking at places in Milwaukee that are haunted. And one of them is the Fister, Fister Hotel. The Fister Hotel. And it's spelled, I think it's spelled if I remember like P F. I-S-T-E-R. And that's that's quite a name. And we were giggling about it because we're children. And then I was looking at an article about it. And one of the people in the article, I can't remember who, it's like the main guy's son's name is Guido Fister. And boy, we just giggled and giggled and giggled. Like, I don't, like, there's nothing wrong about it. It's just funny. Like, I don't know. If your name is Guido, I am not making fun of you. It's just such a name. Guido Fister. Okay, to me, my mind immediately goes to guano. Oh, yes. Which is bat poop, which is just... Did you know that bat poop is in most eyeshadows? That's, like, a main ingredient. It's what makes it shimmer. Oh, yeah, So, wait, hold on. How does pink eye not happen? Are you saying that gla- that glats, <laughs> that bats have glittery poops? Well, yeah, it's got that iridescent to it. Iridescent-y sheen. <laughs> so when you go in caves and they're all shimmery, is that just all a bunch of dried bat poop? Yes. What? <laughs> My mind is exploding. <laughs> I need a second to just, like, contemplate my life. <laughs> Everything that I've known has been wrong. I thought it was always, like, you know, the types of the rock or Oh, whatever I'm sure were, some like, of it is. I'm sure some of it is. But, like, but bat poop is shimmery, yes. Enough so that people were like, how could I put this on my body to look pretty? Ew. <laughs> yep. That better be sterilized. It's probably sterilized. It must be, or everyone would have pink eye. Yeah. <laughs> 
Or like some sort of weird like bat disease. You yes. Know? Like, yes. Maybe we all do and we just don't know it. Oh my god. What? Oh my god. I put on shimmery eyeshadow yesterday. <laughs> oh my eyeshadow is shimmery. I know. <laughs> oh. Okay, anyways, we're talking about the Pabst Mansion. Anyways, yes. Sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) So, in the summer of 2010, volunteer Brenda Nemitz spent two months surveying staff, volunteers, and visitors to collect tales of ghostly phenomena. Respondents described doors opening and closing, chandeliers shaking, and objects falling to the floor. Um, One witness reported a cold breeze that made her legs immobile. Oh, man. (laughs) I would pee. Yeah. That would make my legs warm. Throw up, throw up, now run, now run. Pee uh, and then run. <laughs> pee and run. <laughs> uh, another described the perfumed whiff of an unseen spirit brushing past her. One of the most common tales involves a laborer doing repairs or some other work who is disturbed who is disturbed by a man overseeing the job. The laborer then approaches museum volunteers to complain about and describe the nosy man. Ultimately, when shown an old picture, the laborer identifies Captain Pabst as the overseer he encountered. Oh, crazy. Well, perhaps a little hokey, Nemitz writes, it's pleasant to think that maybe Captain Frederick Pabst is still watching over his home. Hmm. Why would that be comforting? I don't know. I wouldn't want anything there they're, other than me. They are, like, they're just looking for a silver lining. I guess. But listen, that's not the type of silver lining that I look for. I know. <laughs> Is it quiet? Great. Is there weird things happening? No? Great. I like it. That's the silver lining. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't know. Anyways, so your idiot or ass butt moment for this week. Okay, well, I finally remembered. <laughs> okay, so I don't think this is... This is more of just like a paranoid Lynn moment. I'll call it an Egypt moment because <laughs> there was no intelligence to this at all. Um, so we had this fly like buzzing around our house oh, for a while. Yeah. yeah, I told you about this. Um, and, you know, it was really bothering Killian. He hates it when there's flies in the house. He's I mean, like, as do most people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so um, a couple days later, I noticed it in our bathroom dead on the counter. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, brought Killian in and was like, look, you know, there's the fly. It's dead. You know, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I picked it up with some toilet paper and threw it in the toilet and flushed it. Mm-hmm. That was like in the morning. Yeah. And then we went to preschool and on. When we got back from preschool, we were outside on our like doorstep and Killian was emptying his pockets. He loves to take wood chips from his preschool, <laughs> shove them in his pockets, and then and then emptying them out on our doorstep. So we just have this pile of like wood chips. And sticks. And yeah. Rocks. Uh, yeah. When we go on walks into the parks in our neighborhood, he likes to take sticks and rocks too. So it's like a whole thing. He has this huge collection. I have no idea what the neighbors must think of me. But that's They're fine. They're not going to see it though. Like, I don't it's know. Up to the that's true. That's true. You can't see it. So he's putting these wood chips down and he sneezes. And as soon as he sneezes, a dead fly hits the ground (laughs) like he sneezed it out or something. It was it was so alarming to both of us that I just was like, okay, don't freak out about this. I'm just going to think that maybe it was a dead fly on his shirt or something. And I was just like, or he dropped it with the wood chips as he was sneezing. It, no, the wood chips were or, the wood chips was already on the ground. Oh. He stood back up and sneezed and it like fell on the ground right when he <laughs> sneezed. And I was just like and he was just staring at it in horror. So I was like, maybe it just came off your shirt or something. And I was like, don't freak out, don't freak out. <laughs> right. So we go inside and I'm like, okay, 
I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to worry about this. He probably sneeze killed it. You know, like it was probably flying by him and he like sneezed and it dropped out of the sky. It was just a weird coincidence. (laughs) Like these two dead flies in in one day. You know what I mean? So then the next morning, you know, Killian wakes up and I'm like, how are you know, he's he's had a bit of a cold, you Mm -hmm. know, and I'm like, how are you feeling? And he's like, fine. I'm like, how does your nose feel? And he was like, actually, when I was waking up, it felt like something was crawling out of it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. He probably had a dry nose and like or, stuff was coming out and it tickled and it probably yeah, like or just snot was running down the inside of his nose. But yeah. okay, but it was just too much for me to handle. <laughs> and I just like I don't I it was just too much. <laughs> too much. Are there flies like laying little maggots inside my sweet baby's face? <laughs> like I'm pretty sure you would probably have noticed something other than live. I mean, okay, so like if he was gonna be sneezing something out in that case, it would be maggots, not full grown flies. <laughs> I just can't handle any of it. Like I'm sure there's a perfect explanation for all of it, but I just like lost it. <laughs> I was just like freaking out. So and then later in the day, okay, something started like it felt like there was a feather in my nose, like being twisted around. And then it felt like something was dripping. Like, there was no snot because I kept shoving something up there to see what it was. But it felt like something was, like, crawling with little legs out of my nose. And I'm sure it was just, like, a sympathetic crawling feeling. Well, also, like, if you're shoving stuff up there, though, and, like, your nose hairs get, like, shoved backwards Mm -hmm. as they're, like, coming back down forwards... Like, that it might sense. feel like it was crawling. You, know, like, you did it to yourself, I think. I know, I think so. But it was just it was just a very upsetting day. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, or two days. It was just, my mind, this is where I was like, you know, four cups of coffee away from that paranoid state. Like, I was like, I was pretty much there. So... That's that's it. <laughs> I don't feel good about any of it. But there's been no incidences in the last couple days, so I think we're safe. Well, that's good. Yeah. So what was your idget or asphalt moment? So my idget moment was when I was at your house, mm-hmm. and we were talking about mice running around or something like that, and like... Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it, like, you had said something about, like, what if a mouse was here or something like that, and, like, mm-hmm. what, we were, like, trying to explain a sound. I think it was, like, your oven or your stove or whatever did, like, a weird, like, scratchy sound or something like that. Oh, and yeah. Then, and so we're, like, what if there's a mouse? And we're, like, what would we do if there was a mouse and all that sort of stuff? And then we're standing in the kitchen, and I moved the hand towel a little bit, mm-hmm. and it dropped on my foot, and I lost it. <laughs> I was, like, oh, my God! <laughs> Oh my god! If there was a, I would be very upset if there was a mouse or especially a rat in my house. Man, mice. I'm not like terrified of. I I'm not terrified of mice or rats. I should say, but like mice to me are kind of cute. Where rats are just like nasty mangy things. Yeah, you know, like they're not scary. They're just gross. Yeah, you know, like I wouldn't want like. I know people have pet rats. Mm -hmm. Like, that's one thing. Because they're like, I'm sure they have shots and all that sort of stuff that they get, you know. Or it's just because they've been domesticated for so long that that's just like, you know, they don't have those issues. Mm -hmm. Being like mangy and like sketchy, you know. Right, right. But I could never have a boy rat though. No, no. Too many things. You talked about about their low-hanging junk. Yes. (laughs) Too much scraping on the ground. And I just, I don't want that to touch my hand. (laughs) That's really gross. (laughs) 
That's really gross. I could. Well, and so at my parents' house, when I was probably in like middle school, the neighbors across the street had pet rats. And one of them was a boy and one of them was a girl. And they're all like, oh, hold the rats. And I was like, I will hold the girl rat. I will not hold the other one. Yeah. Like, no, no. No, Mm -hmm. thanks. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Not okay. (laughs) No. None of that's okay. I don't need any of that to touch my hand. Yeah. (laughs) Like, none of it. (laughs) We had this cat when I was little and um, named Tiki. I totally love this cat. (laughs) I had her. We got her when I think she was a stray and we brought her in the house when I was like nine and um, we put her to sleep when I was like 22. Two or twenty three, or twenty four, actually. That's a decently up there cat. Yeah, I think I was. I think I was twenty twenty three. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I <laughs> realize this. Anyways, yeah, she lived a long time. Um, but after she died, my dad found in our garage. Our garage is not connected to the house, and it didn't have a door, so it was just yeah. kind of open to the elements. Mm-hmm. Um, he found a box in there that had, like. A bunch of little mice in there, line, dead mice, lined up perfectly like sardines, rows and rows and rows of them. <laughs> she had been storing them for later. Is that the craziest thing? I mean, not really. I had a patient who at one point was telling me about how her cat was a good murderer. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, apparently this cat would go and like line them up like next to each other like Mm -hmm. facing the same direction too like not even like I mean their heads were all facing the same way their tails were all you know like and lined them up right next to each other and then once it got like a certain amount long Mm -hmm. then it would start stacking them that all in the same direction so it was just like a pyramid of dead mice or different like shrews or whatever it was that it would catch and it was just like cats are amazing that's so gross but also amazing make my my shrew shrine yes (laughs) my shrew shrine what yeah yeah just mm -mm. nope yeah that's my story Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.